that uh, came a little bit after we started. It's a pleasure to be with you today. We have been, uh, we started the book of Ecclesiastes a few weeks ago when Pastor Jason, the other pastor, uh, came back from his sabbatical. And the uh, book of Ecclesiastes is in the Old Testament. And I don't know if you're familiar with the book or not, but that book opens saying, everything is vanity. In another translation, it says, everything is meaningless. And that sounds very depressing, um, but that's what the book talks about. Actually, that word, uh, I just a quick reminder, um, what, we, what was said a few weeks ago, I think every week Pastor Jason has mentioned it, that the actual word in the Hebrew is more uh, like everything is vapor. I don't know if you're having around, I don't smoke, I'm not promoting smoking, don't hear what I'm not saying, I love that phrase. Uh, but if you're having around people that smoke, or cigars, cigarettes, or pipes, I have always been perplexed or fascinated, maybe the right word, of the smoke that comes out and the shape it takes, how it changes, and I wanted to grab it. I don't know if that has come uh, to your mind if you have been around people that smoke or not. I have, but it was always fascinating. And then you watch, if you watch, the movies like The Lord of the Rings, when you see Gandalf doing things with a, with a pipe and the smoke, it's fascinating how it changes. It's kind of like looking at fire. It's always changing shapes. And I think that's what the point of uh, the word vanity in your translations, what it is. Life changes constantly, and it's pointless to try to get it. It changes forms, and it goes away. That's what the case that the author of Ecclesiastes, some say is Solomon, some say is a preacher that is a descendant from King David. But whoever it is, the message doesn't change. Vanity, vanity. As he's walking through life, trying to find pleasure, trying to find wisdom, or a purpose, I guess, because he mentions wisdom and, and pleasure as things to look for purpose. And um, he comes at the end saying, all is vanity. I look here with possessions. I look in relationships. I look in power. I look for wisdom. I look for joy. And I look for the purpose of life. I think that's what he's saying. In all these things. And even though they give you some pleasure, some joy, they go away like smoke, like vanity. It vapors. It goes away. Uh, I'm 39, and I know there is a, we're in a church that there's a lot of younger people than me and a few older people than me. So maybe you, I'm from Peru. So if I know this being from Peru, you should know this. You too. You know that group, you too, right? No matter if you are 10, my son knows about him, you have no excuse, or if you are in your 50s or 60s. Or even Miss Shirley, that is watching us probably today, who is 94, she probably heard about this band called U2. And one of their favorite, uh, one of my favorite songs from them is uh, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. And I think if Bono had been alive during the time of the author of Ecclesiastes, he might have quoted him too. I have looked in the high mountains, I have run through the fields only to be with you. This singer claims to be a Christian. He says in part of his song that he believes in the kingdom that is coming. He believes in the one who broke the bonds 
the one that loosed the chains, the one that carried the cross of his shame, but still he hasn't found what he was looking for. And I think that's a sentiment in the book of Ecclesiastes. For us Christians and non-Christians, we look and look and look for what life is about, don't we? So my question is, where are you looking for this, the purpose of life? Where are you looking for joy? What are you looking for? Are you looking for pleasure, peace, something that sustains you and doesn't change? Have you found it? Is there a thing that you have found that said, this is it, family, abstinence, relationships, um, work, money, does it last? Or does it give you quick joy and then you have to go for more and more because it goes away? Have you found what you're looking for? We all look for different things. Just look at the people around you. You might know some of them, you might not. Some faces look like they have gone through life longer than others. Some faces look like they have still so much time to go. Some might look so very young and happy, but you don't know their hearts, and they have probably suffered more than an 80-year-old has. We don't know. We have a phrase in Spanish that says, cara vemos, corazones no sabemos. We see the faces, but we don't see the hearts. We don't know the seasons or the times that those around us are going through, but God does. He made you, he knows you, and he's not a distant God that knows that from the top floor in heaven with his right hand, Jesus Christ. He is among us, the Holy Spirit. With that in mind, let's pray and read the scripture uh, to start the sermon together. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this, this morning. There are different seasons in life. There are different times, are different things that we face daily. And I pray as we're facing your word this morning that you will kindly talk to us, that you will reveal the truth to us. If we need to hear a harsh voice today from you, please talk to us that way so that we will wake up and see you, Lord. May your Holy Spirit provide the comfort that we need and Jesus Christ the hope that we can only find in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now let me go now to the book of Ecclesiastes. Again, it's in the Old Testament, chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. Uh, you can, I think they will be up here. Uh, if not, we have Bibles in the pews, or you ha can have your phone. Okay, if not, just listen carefully, because I have an accent. So pay attention to what I want to say, okay? For everything, there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. 
a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sue. So? That's such a weird, this is an E, not an A. <laughs> and a time to saw. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Amen. In what season are you? This is not a, a list of all the seasons of life. But it's a, it's a wide list of things that probably you have experienced at different times. Are you feeling like you're closing to your end? Are you worried about the future? Are you young, still worrying about the future by thinking that you have time, that time is on your side? Another song. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of music this week. A time to kill a time to heal? Are you in a season of changes in your life where you know if you have to break down and start over or gather the things around you or keep them as long as you can? Are you in a time of mourning, weeping? Are you weeping alone? Are you laughing with, with others? In what emotional season are you right now? Are you in a time in which you have to let it go and stop, or you're in a season where you have to keep trying and trying and wait in the Lord? Are you in a time of love? Or are you in a time of hating what's wrong and injustice? Where are you? Again, we see faces, we don't know hearts. Even if we are in a relationship, in deep relationship with others, we don't really know the hearts of others as God does. Sometimes we're afraid to reveal what's going on in us because we want to protect ourselves from being hurt. Not because the other people will be mean to us, but because maybe they won't get it. And they won't be able to give me the comfort I'm looking for. No matter where you are, in what season you are today, you know that that season won't last forever, even though it feels that way. I should say more than likely, that season won't last forever. Um, seasons change. We're young, we're old, we are unemployed, we're employed, we're single, we're divorced, we're married, we're born, we die. Christians are not Christians go through this together. As sometimes we want, as Wayne said, when we are enjoying, when we're in the timing of laughing, when things are going well for us, or at least that's what we think, what do we want? We want to control it, right? We want to keep it. We want this moment to last forever. And when things are going difficult, what do we want? We want this moment, this season, to change fast. Please, Lord, make this go, as Paul said. And the Lord said, no, my grace is enough. 
And when we're trying to control time, because that's a theme, when we're trying to control the seasons of life, we get frustrated, don't we? Because we don't have the power to control it. We don't have the power to control the weather. We don't have the power to control life or death or disappointment. This brings frustration, especially for people that are different than my type of personality, that like to make plans and that like to control. If you do X, Y, and Z, the result will be this. I don't know, that doesn't make sense, X, Y, and Z. There's nothing after that. But <laughs> if you do this and that, this should happen. But what happens when it doesn't? It brings frustration. With disappointment. Now the other side is people more like me. Oh, it's fine. Whatever will be, whatever. Whatever happens will be, will happen. That's also not right. We see in the book of Proverbs there is also a book of uh, wisdom. The book of Ecclesiastes is a book of wisdom. It's a book that belongs to the wisdom books of Scripture. But the book of Proverbs is a little bit different. Have you read it? It's a little phrases that give us wisdom and to fear the Lord. If you do this, if you obey the Lord, if you raise your kids according to the word, what's going to happen? They will flourish as good Christian men and women. That book is actually very positive to, to me, I think. It talks, don't be with the fools, be with the Lord, put yourself in a scripture and everything will be fine. That's a very optimistic book. And now, Imagine, put a face in Ecclesiastes, come in and say, hey, hold on, have a seat. All of that is okay, but in reality, sometimes it doesn't work. Not all the time. I'm not going to go through, uh, it's just eight verses. Somebody asked me about the sermon, and I said, this sermon is one of the hardest because it's so simple, these verses. It's about time, and things change. Amen. Uh, actually, Pastor Jason, he will preach next week, and he has the meat for, I wanted, for what I wanted to say, so I'll Try to refrain from it. Um, but what Ecclesiastes is doing is telling us making plans, fearing the Lord is good. It's not always going to result the way you want it. But it's better to be wise than to be a fool. Like me. That doesn't make plans. Uh, it's better to be a planner and to look for things in your life, but knowing that you don't have control of the results, that you don't hold the pen to write the end of the story. So if we don't have that in mind, we're frustrated because things sometimes don't go the way we think they're supposed to go. We live in an Amazon Prime uh, world. Before I remember when it first came out, oh, they deliver the things to your house. I don't have to go to the store. And now the latest is like two hour delivery, right? I don't think it's in one hour yet. But if you are close to a warehouse, you can get things in your house for two hours. In two hours. In two, it's faster than going to the store. You have to deal with traffic. You have to, you go for a, a soccer ball, but you end up with other things. You spend more money. It's fascinating. We live in a streaming world in which we don't have commercials on Netflix. Isn't that amazing? 
Isn't that amazing? No commercials. My, uh, my in-laws, when David, what's the thing that VCR? DVR, right? They record the shows so that they will skip fast-forward commercials. We don't even have to do that anymore. We have things like Amazon Prime videos or Netflix, etc. It's fascinating. And we have, I believe, that our culture tries to apply that to life in general. We don't have time to, time to waste. We move and move and move. This reminds me uh, of a cooking show. Believe me, there is a relationship from what I said with what I want to say. It's a cooking show, okay? On Netflix, without commercials, of this guy that travels around the world. And he went to an Argentinian restaurant in South America. And I relate, I would say that this is very similar with other South American cultures. He went to the restaurant after having a, no, while he was having a great meal, there was live music. And the music was very melancholic and was very sad. And it was fascinating how all the people that were eating were singing and rejoicing in the songs. In his mind, they were like, why do people sing this? It's about suffering. And I think the wisdom that some cultures have is that we stop life and experience suffering and find meaning in it. Does that make sense? We don't run away from it. We don't try in other cultures to avoid suffering and move forward to what's next. We dwell in it. I'm not saying that we do that on purpose, but we don't run away from it. And I think that's something that we're lacking in this culture is that we're always to what's next. I don't want this, I want to return it, and I'll go to what's next. Instead of dwelling in times of joy and rejoicing in them and during suffering, meditating what the Lord is doing in our life and holding, holding fast to him. We like to rush through our feelings. What this book of Ecclesiastes, what these verses are telling us, I believe they are telling us, is that we cannot prescribe secure results. We plan, we plan, and we plan expecting results, and sometimes they are not under our control. They're beyond, beyond us. We cannot secure the end. So does that mean that we shouldn't plan? Like I said, I think the book of Ecclesiastes and the book of Proverbs say that will be foolish. That's not what the point of the book of Ecclesiastes is. He doesn't say, oh, just what will be, will be. Just do life. Don't worry. That's not what he's saying. I think both extremes are healthy. The person that plans, plans, plans is doing something that is wise, but has to recognize that you cannot control it. You cannot control life. And if you are on this side of the spectrum of, of your personality and how you do life, I can guarantee that you have feel frustration when things don't go the way you want them to go. On the other end, it's people a little bit closer than, like me. Yeah, I make plans, but I don't really, I just deal with whatever comes at the moment. I'm fine with that. And there's no wisdom there. If we are on the other spectrum, it's acting more like a fool if we read the scripture. 
we're not feeling the Lord, we're not being faithful. We have to plan and take care of those around us. We have to plan for the future, but knowing at the same time that we don't control the results. I think that's where the wisdom comes. Making plans, fearing the Lord, knowing that he is in control and sometimes he will throw a curveball. Is that the baseball thing? Yes. Um, and that's how life is. It's full of curveballs. How do we react to them? The word seasons, First, uh, read again first, uh, verse 1. It says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. The word season, um, what it means, again, in the original language, I feel so cool when I say that, like I'm smart. I'm not, I'm reading a book. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know some Hebrew too, but in the original language, what it means is appointed time. There is time, there is seasons for everything, that they are appointed. That sounds like passive, right? Like they were given to us. So not just the moments in which we laugh are given to us by God, but also the moments in which we weep. Not just the moments in which we plant, but the moments in which we harvest. Every season that according to us is negative or positive was appointed by God. So have that in mind when you read this passage. God has appointed all the seasons in your life. So then how should we approach it? How should we approach life with open hands? Because we cannot control what life brings. We have to humbly recognize that we are not in control. And that is really hard because we want to control it. You see that from the very first book of scripture. We want to rule our own world. We want to rule our household. We want to rule our relationships, our work. And when things don't go that way, we don't want to. It's frustrating. So that's what I mean by open hands. With a plan. Yes, with a plan. At the same time, knowing that what we face was given by the Lord. And we are called to be faithful, to fear him, and giving the results, give the results to him. The only power that we have is how we react to life, how we react to the seasons. We have the word telling us to depend on him, to pray. We have that power in us. When we face life, we react. So the question is, how do we react? Do we react in love? Do we react in patience? Do we act fearing the Lord? Do we act being, react being honest? I can control this. Please, God, help me. How do we react? We cannot control things that are coming to us. We cannot control the end. But we can respond to the word of God. We can respond to different moments with a phrase that I don't really like, those bracelets when you were young that says, what would Jesus do? I think that's so cheesy. 
<laughs> but that's a very fair sentence. And I think that we can think about it and meditate. And ask God for wisdom. What do I do in this phase in my life? Christians and not Christians, how do we react to things? We are not spare Christians from death. We are not spared from diabetes, from losing jobs, from racism, from cancer, from abuse. We're not spared from those moments. The Bible never says that we will be in this life. But we are promised that God is with us during these times. That there is a community among us during these times. That is a promise that we hold to. So I think it's very dangerous when we, we, we have that belief that if we are Christians, everything should be this way or that. We don't know. But we know that God is with us. So in whatever season of life in which you are right now, ask yourself that question. In what season am I? How am I being faithful to God in this moment? Whether it's joy or sorrow, whether it's a moment of rest or a moment of action, whether it's a moment of gathering or letting go, how are you being faithful to those around you and to the Lord in those moments? I think that's a question without asking how can I make something go the way I want. When we are looking for faithfulness and wisdom from God, I believe there is freedom because you don't have to worry about the result. There is a weight that is taking off your shoulders. And it's not easy, it's easy to say, it's not easy to walk like this. Giving that, that weight to the Lord, to Christ, and wait on him. That is so hard, isn't it? Because we want to do the right thing for the, to get the result we want. That is so hard. So there is a lot of wisdom in that, in waiting in the Lord, asking for wisdom in whatever season we are, and trusting that he is in control. So I believe the book of Ecclesiastes, and in this poem that we read, is encouraging... Uh, we can find encouragement for us to focus in the moment. Focus in the moment. In the next passage next week, I'm jealous that Jason is going to talk about it. What is life about but not the moment? Rejoice. Enjoy the life of... Uh, oh, that's later. Enjoy, uh, enjoy those around you. Eat. Drink. Do the best in that moment because you cannot control what comes next. So it's kind of like focus on the moment and do the best you can in that moment. And sometimes we are going to fail, but that's okay. The Lord is with us. He's not expecting us to be perfect and to get the right results all the time. What he's expecting from us is wisdom to fear him and to depend on him. Our vision of life, I keep pulling you in our, I'm talking about myself a lot, My, our vision, but I think we are all similar. Our vision of life is limited. It's what? 
94 years old or 90 years old or not old, but 90 years, 50 years, we see life as this moment, this parenthesis. But in scripture we see that there is something called eternity. Something that is larger than your wildest dreams. But we focus so much in how we can control these 50, 70, 90 years. And we lose perspective of the bigger picture that God has for us. Our vision is limited, but God's is not. God has an eternal perspective, and we see that through Jesus Christ. That he didn't came to make our lives better. He came to give us eternal hope. That a moment, yes, life will be the way it should be. Yes, a moment will come in the, where there is no more injustice. A moment will come when there is no more sickness. There is no more death. There are no more tears of suffering to the point that he himself will wipe our tears with his own hands. That's our hope. And as we dream, as we do life, excuse me, as we do life, we live with us hope, without hope, Christians. Hope in the future that Christ will come back and all the promises in him are going to be a, a yes and an amen. That he will fulfill his word. And that life is going to be completely different than we see it now. So yes, I will encourage you to do life, not to like sit in the back seat thinking, okay, whatever happens, you know, I want to go to heaven anyway. No. Grab the wheel, make a plan, get your GPS, but know that there are storms in life. Not sometimes there's construction and you have to take another route. But at the end, God will take you there. And that's the approach I think Ecclesiastes is calling us to have. That during different seasons of life, no matter what curveball we are being thrown, we will depend on him. We hold to him and wait on him. Ask for wisdom. Is this a time to seek? Or is this a time to, to, to let go? Is this a time to love or to hate? Is it a time to, to, uh, to cast away the stones or to gather them? To embrace or to refrain? What is it, Lord? Please guide me and faithfully react to that, but knowing that we don't have control on the end result. And that hope that Christ, that through Christ, things will be the way they are supposed to be, is what keeps us going. It's the joy and the peace that has keeping Christianity alive for more than 2,000 years during times of persecution, during times in which, oh my goodness, the numbers in the churches are going so low. There is always a, that chosen group of God that remains, always. Society says, it will be better without Christianity. Well, look around. Some numbers say Christianity is dying in the US. I guess they are just checking the white numbers because in minority churches, my goodness, they are exploding with immigrants coming to this country. Churches in New York are growing and growing from Asia, from South America, people from different places. Christianity is growing in the US. So I don't know what kind of survey that people are checking. Christianity is going like crazy in places where they have to meet underground. You know why? Because they have hope and joy. And they are waiting for God to control the results. 
They don't have that mentality of like, we have to make it work. And this hope is given to them through Jesus Christ, through God, that sent his only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have made everything beautiful in your time, in your wisdom. You have put eternity in our hearts. And we can only find it in you. Please give us wisdom as we navigate life. May the hope that we find in you Give us purpose, Lord. And may we face love with open hands, knowing that you're holding us as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.